You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. We are continuing a series called Playlist. And if you've been around the last couple of weeks, you might have heard what the series is about. But for us, we're doing this series called Playlist. You might be asking the question, well, what's the deal with the music? Well, really, we're patterning, we're modeling ourselves after what Jesus did. And Jesus was one of the greatest teachers ever. And Jesus did something amazing. He would take something called stories or parables, and he would use the ones that were culturally relevant. So when he told these stories, they weren't just like made up out of thin air. He would just use something that culturally made sense in that time. So people were able to connect the dots to what he was trying to communicate. So they understood what the story was about, and then they could understand the spiritual truth that he was trying to tell them about following after God or building God's kingdom or being a follower of Jesus. And he would tell these stories so that they could help them understand these simple truths. And so in that same vein, that's what we're doing. We're not using stories or parables in this series. We're using music from popular culture. So in the same way, we're going to take a look at some lyrics from some different songs in this series, and we're going to see how they can communicate to us some biblical truths of how we can follow after God or how we can live our life. And my hope for me in this series is that when you hear these songs after we're done with these series, that maybe it'll kind of jog your memory so that some of these spiritual truths that we've been learning in this series. So right now, it's all about superheroes, right? Has anyone seen Avengers Endgame? Anyone gone and seen it yet? Okay, well, I'm not going to do any spoilers if you've not seen it yet, because I guess it's like a really big deal. It's like, what, 21 movies? 21 movies. Come on, 21 movies, and this was like the ending to it. So this was a really big deal. So people were really hyped about not having any spoilers. And I saw that last week this video of this poor youth pastor who totally blew it in front of his entire youth group. He was in giving a message, and he just totally like dropped the ending um, of what happened in the movie, and you can just hear the screams in the video. I mean, just the agony. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they mobbed him after. It was terrible. So I won't do that to you. I won't drop any spoilers for you. Some of you are like, I don't even care what happened, so go ahead and tell me. You can just Google it. But anyway, um, if you haven't seen it yet, you know, you got to see it. Has anyone seen all 21 movies? You've seen like every single, oh, wow. Very cool. Very good. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's, that's impressive. And so, um, Along with that superhero theme, a lot of times, you know, we look up to superheroes. We can admire them in some way. We think they're pretty cool. Some of them have some pretty cool costumes. Can we just admit that? I mean, it's just pretty fancy how they dress. And sometimes even we admire their superhero abilities, their powers. But many times we admire things about them that aren't about their superhero looks or even their superhero skills. We just admire their character, that they're willing to just always stand up for what is right. They're always willing to fight for justice. They're always willing to do the right thing and even sacrifice themselves for the greater good, right? And so we, we look up to them and we admire them. And so many times it's like you could just really want to be a superhero. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, maybe when you were a kid, um, but I, I felt that way. But, you know, they tell us that, you know, don't worry about any of that. You should always be yourself, right? I mean, you should always be yourself. You shouldn't want to be a superhero. But I have this quote, and I think this is one to live by and to open us up here today. See, always be yourself unless you can be Batman then always be Batman, right? That's, that's like wisdom that we can all just agree to live by, right? I mean, you always should be yourself unless you can be Batman, then always, always be Batman. I mean, come on, that utility belt. Can we just level for a minute? Why is this quote Batman? I mean, he just has a belt. I mean, does he even have any other skills? I mean, it's terrible. Be Superman. I mean, don't fly. I want laser vision. But anyway, 
He's got that kryptonite thing going on, so maybe not. But anyway, always be yourself. And so for us, I don't, I don't know if you've ever felt that way, and it's a silly quote, right? Some of you are like taking notes, always be Batman God. Um, you know, it's not something that we really live by, but we do struggle with that feeling of sometimes wanting to be someone else or wishing we could have some skills that we don't have or feel that we can't live up to the expectations or others. And I know for me growing up that I, I went through a lot of that, and I know this might be surprising to you, but when I was in high school, I wasn't incredibly athletic. I went the other route. I was the, the band geek. I played musician, played drums, and so that was me. Some people have, like, super skills, and they, they do both. I have memories of guys, like, on the field, like, playing in our halftime show in their football uniform. Now, that's the coolest thing ever. But for me, I, I wasn't very athletic, and so, you know, it, it was a struggle for me because I always admired these guys who were just really all the athleticism that they had and they showed. And, and so, lo and behold, in my um, early high school years, I ended up in my gym class with, like, the entire varsity football team. There was the entire varsity football team, and then there was Brian. So I could tell you right now how well that went, still in counseling. Anyway... Um, um, <laughs> anyway, it, it was not a good situation. This one time we were playing flag football. I'll repeat that. We were playing flag football, not contact football. And we were playing it indoors inside the gymnasium. Must have been winter. I don't remember. And so we're playing it inside. And so how it usually worked is Brian just ran around and did nothing while he was wearing flags, right? That's what I did. Hey, I'm open. Who cares, right? It's just I, I wasn't going to get the ball. But occasionally they decided they would run this trick play where it was like no one ever thinks Brian's going to get the ball. So let's give Brian the ball, right? And the horror in my eyes, no, don't give Brian the ball. Give anyone else the ball. I don't want the ball. It's flag football, Brian. You're going to be fine. You're going to take the ball. You're going to run. No, I don't want the ball. And so sure enough, they snap the thing. They just turn around, give it right to me. I'm like, great, here we go. And so I start running down. Remember, we're playing flag football, running down the court. Things are going well till all of a sudden, this dude linebacker, big boy, big boy, okay, comes up. Remember flag football, all you got to do is just tear the little flag off, right? And it, the play's done. That is not what happens. This dude runs at me full force. And, and in fairness, his arms were down, okay? His arms were down, but he body checks me. like his, And so little physics lessons here. Stick Brian, linebacker, hits me. I go flying through the air. I'm literally in the air, airborne backwards, all right? I hit the ground pretty much with my head first. It hurt so bad. And apparently it didn't just hurt. It must have looked really bad too because you could just hear the air leave the room and everyone just stops. And then just everyone runs over immediately, just circled over me. Gym teacher, everyone's just looking down at me. I like can't even move. I'm in so much shock. It hurts so much. And I remember them being like, don't move. We're going to go get the school nurse. I'm like, no problem. I'm not going to move because this is really painful. Well, a school nurse runs in and she sees me laying on the ground there. They tell her what happened. She sees the guy that hits me and she's like, oh, yep, call the ambulance. And so they call an ambulance, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't need an ambulance. I'm, like, getting up at this point. I'm like, I'm good. I am not going to be the kid who, like, goes home in the ambulance from flag football, right? That is just not happening here. And so I got up, and I, I was all right. Mostly there hasn't been too much uh, damage from it, but you know what I'm saying. It was, it was a, a, a painful situation, and me trying to be something I wasn't can't even live up to flag football. But today's message is for those of us who feel that we aren't enough. Maybe that you just don't feel like you're enough at home, or you're not enough at work, or you're not enough for your kids, or you're not enough for your boss, or you're not enough for your spouse, or maybe, maybe sometimes like me, you just feel incapable. 
Maybe you grew up in a Christian environment that preached a lot of holiness, but you didn't feel that you could add up and live up to that standard. Maybe you feel that you're incapable of completing the thing that God has put in front of you or prompted you to do. Maybe it's not your, the others that you haven't been able to live up to, but maybe it's yourself or your own things that you've tried to measure up to, the standard that you have for yourself, and you haven't been able to live to that, and so you just don't feel like you're enough. Or maybe you look onto others like me when I was growing up, and maybe even to this day you see people kind of in the way I was joking about seeing a superhero that we admire them and wish that we could live up to that standard. And honestly, maybe sometimes like a superhero, it's just unrealistic. No one can ever live up to those kinds of standards. See, if most of us, if we are honest with ourselves, if we're really honest at some level, we have to say that we feel just like that, that we can't live up, that we're just not enough, that we're incapable. And so today we're looking at a song that's titled Something Just Like This. And maybe you've heard this song. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this song. If you've ever had a radio station on, you've probably heard this song. Last couple of years, it's been a pretty popular one. And so Garrett's going to come up, but before we do, I'm going to read the lyrics for this song. It says this, I've been reading books of old, all the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Hercules and his gifts, Spider-Man's control and Batman with his fists, and clearly I don't see myself up on that list. But she said, where do you want to go? How much do you want to risk? I'm not looking for somebody with superhuman gifts, some superhero or some fairy tale bliss. I just, something, something I can turn to, somebody I can kiss. I want something just like this. See, this song like this resonates with us, not because of the cool beats, and it's got a really catchy tune and a hook, and if you've heard it before, it's kind of hard not to sing it even as you're reading the lyrics. But see, when we see and we hear these lyrics, and I think that it's something deeper inside of all of us. It speaks to something deeper that all of us have this innate desire for something just like this. It's something that we want to believe about ourselves, that we want somebody who wants something just like us. See, and they want us not because of who we are or what we project to be to others, but just for who we truly are, not who we're trying to be or what we're trying to live up to or somebody else's standard. We want to be accepted in our own skin. And many times this compels us to do things where we think we have to be funnier, we have to be thinner, we have to be cuter, we have to be smarter, and we feel that we can't live up to it when honestly we just want somebody to believe in us. Okay, Karen. Thank you, Garrett. See, we all really want someone to believe in us. I mean, deep down, it doesn't matter how you're wired, what personality type you are. I mean, we just want somebody to truly believe in who we are. And I think part of the reason we want someone to believe in us is because often we don't believe in ourselves. And we don't believe in ourselves because we don't realize how much God believes in us. In Psalm 139, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That Bible says, that God says to you that you are fearfully and that you were wonderfully made. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for us to do. That you are God's handiwork, that he designed you, that he made you, that you weren't an accident that we shouldn't desire to live up to some other standard or something else. But when we really begin to see ourselves the way God sees us, we understand that he created us, 
that he knit us together in our mother's womb, that he had a plan and a design for us. So you may look at yourself and you see all that you're not, but God looks and he sees all that you are. He wants something just like you. See, it's easy to think that we don't add up. It's easy to think and say, and maybe it's just me, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, that I'm just not enough or that I can't do anything significant. Maybe just like the lyrics of the song say, that's not me, I can't live up to that. I'm not some superhero. I can't give you some superhero and fairy tale life. And it's easy to live that way. But see, here's what I want you to get today. And if you're taking notes, this is the one you're gonna wanna write down. And here's the one that you're gonna wanna remember. See, you may not be who you want to be, but because of Christ, you are exactly who God needs you to be. So you might not be who you want to be, but because of Christ, you are exactly who God needs you to be. In 1 Corinthians 1, it says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. I love this. I think the Bible just called me dumb. Let's just say it's just real, right? Some of you were stupid. Anyway, not many of you were influential. It gets better. Thank you, Lord. Not many of you were from noble birth. But here's where it gets good. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And God chose the lowly things of this world and despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we have surrendered and given our life to. This is how God sees us. See, when we understand that we're not enough and that we might not be what, who we want to be, but in Christ, we're exactly who he needs us to be. See, when we understand that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, like it doesn't make sense, like it doesn't add up. I, and it's not about my own ability. It's not about me being strong enough. It's not about me doing enough in the relationship or in my marriage or as a parent or in my job or in my relationships or whatever it is. It's simply understanding that it's not going to be enough. And the Bible even tells you, hey, you know what? You, you're probably not all that in a bag of chips, right? But because God chose to use us, because of the way he sees us, because of what we're able to do through him, because of what the Holy Spirit does inside of us and empowers us to do, we are able to do more. See, in Hebrews 11, it's kind of like this hall of faith, just kind of like the lyrics we read in this story. It lists out some really great people, and it talks about some amazing exploits and amazing things that they have done. And without doubt, if I drop some of these names, you've probably heard of them. You've probably heard of a guy named Noah, right? Who was Noah? Noah was a guy who God called to say, I want you to build a boat. I'm going to flood this earth. People are crazy up in here right now, so I'm going to flood this because I can't take it anymore. I've got a migraine, so I'm just going to wipe everyone out. That's probably not exactly how it went, but he just say, I'm done with this, and God, uses Noah to build a boat, saves all the animals, saves his family, they repopulate the earth. But did you know, did you know that Noah at one point got so drunk, naked, passed out in front of his kids? Not a good situation, but God still used Noah. How about Abraham? You've probably heard of him before. Abraham was who God, who used to become the father of many nations. That Abraham was someone that had just so much faith that God used in incredible ways. But did you know that Abraham lied about who his wife was because she was beautiful? And another ruler, Pharaoh, saw his wife and he's like, oh, just kidding. That's not my wife. That's, uh, that's my sister. Hey, here's my sister here. Why? Because he was saving his own skin. How about Moses? You may have heard of Moses before. I mean, no one can deny that God used Moses. I mean, come on, guy splits the Red Sea. Are you kidding me? I mean, all these insane miracles. Just read about what God used him to do. But did you know before all of that happened, Moses murdered a man? 
out of rage? Or how about David, someone of the most amazing people in stories in the Bible, David, who was just a regular old, he was just a shepherd out in the field taking care of the sheep, and God used him to do amazing things, slay the giant, right? Took the giant down, but did you know that David committed adultery with someone else's? He had an affair with someone else's wife. And then instead of trying to get caught to cover it up, he had that guy's, that, that husband killed to cover the whole thing up. But see, here's what's amazing. The Bible honors these people for their faith. Get this, not their perfection, obviously, right? And so for me, that gives me hope because it's not about being perfect. perfect. It's about having faith. And so I want to catch you this, get you this today. Maybe you've heard this before. This is something that I had heard. But faith in Christ makes extraordinary heroes out of ordinary people. Faith in Christ makes extraordinary heroes out of ordinary people. See, imagine what David must have felt like as we talked about his story. Just He must have felt so ordinary to do something so extraordinary, knowing that in the shame and all the things that he had done, knowing that he was just a shepherd boy, that he wasn't qualified, that he didn't come from the royal family to get it done, and why was he chosen to be king? But despite of all of that, despite of a major mess up, and over and over again, we actually get to see David mess up, but God still used him. And think about what Moses might have felt in that moment. Can you imagine standing at the beginning of the Red Sea with all these people following you and you raise the stick and boom, the river, the waters just part, the sea just splits wide open and everyone's about to cross it. Can you imagine in that moment what he had felt to know that he was used by God but feeling so ordinary and the gratitude that he was been just perplexed to be used to do something so extraordinary because he was just so ordinary. He wasn't anything special. Matter of fact, he was sinful. He'd messed up. He'd done something that he incredibly regretted. But God still used him. Why? Because of the faith that he had in God. So you may not be who you want to be, but because of Christ, you are exactly who God needs you to be. So what does that mean? That means that, hey, if you graduated first in your class, like if you were on top of the world, you were voted most likely to succeed. You've got 5,000 friends on Facebook. Matter of fact, your last Instagram post had 1,000 likes. I want to just say to you today, don't worry. God can still use you. God can still use you if everything's gone you, your way. But here's what I want you to get today, and here's what I really want to leave you with, is that he specializes in using those who are not wise by human standards. He uses those who are not from noble birth, those who don't have the right connections, who didn't come from the right family, who don't have all the answers, who aren't able to get it all done in their own strength, who aren't just amazing people who just man up or woman up and say, I've got this, I'm going to take care of this, this is going to happen in my own skill and my own ability. See, God specializes in using people people who are the opposite end of the spectrum, people who don't have what it takes, people who the world passes by and says, yeah, they're not going to amount to anything, or they're, they're a mess up, or man, their parents were screw up, so they're just going to be the same thing, and don't put any hope in them. They're not going to be any better. I, I've seen how they live their life. They failed over and over again. It's just not going to be a good situation. I mean, if you're putting, you're a betting man, I wouldn't put your money on that one. Find another horse. But see, God specializes in finding those dark horses. He specializes in finding the ones that everyone else counted out. Out. He specializes in finding people who are just willing and says, you know, it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to be because of me. Just like the lyrics in the song tells us, I, I can't live up to that. I can't provide some superhero powers. I can't pro provide a fairy tale ending. I'm not going to be the right person to get all that done. I'm just looking for someone who just believes in me. And when you understand that God believes in you and you can start seeing yourself the way that God sees you, it'll begin to change everything.
So today we might ask ourselves the question, how do we position ourselves to be used by God? See, when we read these stories and we read in Hebrews 11, this hall of faith and see all these amazing people that did these amazing things, and we're just sitting here looking like, how do we be used by God just in our right now, in our situation, in our life, in our family, in our marriage, in our job, in our calling, in our ministry, the things that God has set before us to do? How, how do we position ourselves to be used by God? Are you ready for this one? This, is, this will really change your life here. Ready? Be available and be obedient. That's it. Be available and be obedient. How do you position yourself to be, by, be used by God? It's just these two things. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be well-educated. You don't have to be a celebrity. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be in full-time ministry. You don't have to know every book in the Bible. You don't have to have it all figured out. You simply have to be available, and you have to be obedient. That's it. That's all there is to it. See, God's just looking for some people who are willing to say, I will be available and I'll be obedient to what you're asking me to do. I'll be available saying, God, here I am, you can use me, and I'll be obedient. God, whatever you ask me to do, I will do it. See, when I see the hall of faith and I read these stories of these people that we talked about and so many more amazing people that we admire in scripture, so many, we could just name after name after name the things that they did. It wasn't because they were great within themselves, it was these two things. They were available, they said, here I am. And then they were obedient. Whatever you ask, God, I'm willing to do it. Even when it didn't make sense, even when it did add up, they were willing to do what God asked and they were available to be there. Isaiah 6, 8 says this, and I hope this verse really is inscribed on your heart today. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. That's my prayer for all of us today, that we would have that same response as God is still looking for someone he can use, that he's still looking for someone who doesn't have it all together, who doesn't have all the answers, who doesn't think that they're going to be able to get it done in their own strength. He's just looking for someone who will give this answer. Here am I. Send me, Lord. Here am I. Send me. See, as I think about my past, and I think about all the times where I chose to be available, and I chose to use that, give that answer and response to God, even from when I was young, even when I was a teen, I just really felt God calling me and impressing on my life, not even just in ministry, but just to surrender my life to Him in general. And see, it was always my goal to be available and be obedient and to follow after what it was that He wanted me to do. And so I've shared part of this story before, but years ago, um, when Christy and I first got married, we were living in Memphis, Tennessee, and um, we, life was going great. We were both working full-time jobs that we loved. Um, things were going really well, but we just knew that there was something next for us, and we wanted to start a family. And so God opened up some opportunities and some doors for us to move to Indiana to where Christy's family was. And so we were going to take the opportunity, but for me, it was tough because a job opened up for Christy. And it was great, and it was wonderful that she was able to use her skills and abilities, and it provided for us to get there. But see, what was difficult for me is that we moved to a really small town in rural Indiana, small town of about 6,000 people, not a lot of job opportunities, let alone a lot of ministry opportunities. So here's Brian. You know, I went to school for ministry. You know, I want to dedicate my life to ministry. But now, what am I going to do? What am I going to do in this situation? God, this isn't going to make any sense. How am I going to find anything to do ministry and serve after you in this small town? How am I going to do this? But I just felt God saying, be available be obedient. And it was amazing to see what happened, that we moved there. And lo and behold, we didn't even know there was a church that had just started in this small town, very much like Treeline. They were about a year in. 
And they decided that God put it on their heart that they wanted to start a youth ministry. And they needed a youth pastor, but they didn't know who would come live in this small town to be a youth pastor for the teens in this community. And so I positioned myself to be available and be obedient. And here's the thing, it was really risky because they bring me in, we talk, and it was like, man, this just seems like this could be a God thing. How could God line this up so wonderfully? But it took a huge step of faith because they said, you know what, we're just getting started. Finances aren't great for a church plant. A lot of times it's a lot of struggle and it's a lot of need greater than the vision that they had. And they were in the same boat very much like where we are. And so it required a step of faith because they're like, hey, we, we've got something that we can pay you now, but we don't know how this thing's going to turn out. So we don't know what this looks like. So I had to take this step of faith and I said yes. And I chose to be available and I chose to be obedient to do something crazy because it made no sense on paper to jump into something where we had no budget, no people, no youth group, no students, no meeting place. I mean, nothing. We started with nothing. We even have a vision. I mean, nothing. But I'm so thankful that I chose to be available and obedient and say, God, here I am, use me, and I'll be obedient because I felt, we felt that God was saying, yes, this is your step. This is what you need to do. And I'm so thankful that I chose to be obe obedient and available because had I not been, I would have missed out on a decade of some of the most fulfilling years of my life of leading students in relationship with Jesus, of seeing them become lifelong followers of Christ, of seeing family trees change before my eyes to see people who had adults and students whose lives were changed, leading a student-led ministry that was so vibrant and so full of life and that continues today even as we stepped out of it and passed that baton. Had we not been available, had we not been obedient, we would have missed out. And so I want to say to you today, are you willing to be available? Are you willing to be obedient to what it is that God's asking you to do? Will you say, sure, Brian, that works for you because it's ministry. No, <laughs> in anything. See, it just comes down to this. Are you willing to do what others won't? Because if you are willing to do what others won't, God will use you to accomplish what others can't. See, from this moment, you have to ask yourself, are, what are you willing to do? Are you willing to step out in faith? Are you willing to take the risk? Are you willing to hurt when others shy away? Are you willing to serve when others won't? Are you willing to give when others don't? Are you willing to say, just like it said in that verse, God, here, here am I. Send me. I'll be available. I'll be obedient. It's not going to be in my own strength. I can't do it. I can't get it done by myself. God, I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. It's not because I'm some awesome person with all these amazing gifts. I mean, if I can be honest with you, even in this moment, even as a pastor, even starting a church, I feel so incapable. I feel so underwhelmed. Like, God, the lyrics of these songs, like, God, don't you want some superhero pastor to come in here who has all the goods, who has all the skills, all the abilities to do this? Like, God, who am I in this moment to be used by you? God, I, I don't have what it takes. But see, it just takes a moment of seeing, God, I don't have what it takes. I, I can't do this, and I may not be who I want to be, but because of Christ in me, I'm exactly who God needs me to be. And I believe today that God is calling you to be available and obedient. See, when God does this, when he uses you, he will work through you to make a difference. How? How will you do this? Maybe it'll happen in serving in the kids' ministry. Maybe you've got kids that are showing up Sunday that need someone to love on them, to point them towards Jesus, to sing silly songs with them, to, to check them in, to point them towards Jesus, to care for a toddler or for an infant. 
Maybe someone had a bad day and they walk in here on Sunday morning and you're greeting them with a smile and a cup of coffee and God totally uses that experience. Or maybe making a meal for someone who can't get out and you take it to them or reaching out and inviting someone to church or fostering a kid, opening up your home to a child that needs a place to live. Maybe mowing your neighbor's lawn or visiting someone in the hospital or choosing to forgive somebody, choosing to walk into forgiveness and to let go of the grudge or maybe saying you are sorry for something that you have done. Maybe it's just being available and being obedient. See, friends, you may not be who you want to be. And most of the time, we're not. Can we just be honest? But you are exactly who God needs you to be. You're exactly who he needs you to be. God's not looking for someone with superhuman gifts. He's not looking for a superhero. He's not looking for someone who can write the fairy tale. He's looking for someone available, and he's looking for someone who's obedient. He's looking for someone just like you. Are you willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me? See, when we answered that call to say yes, when we answered that call to say yes to starting a student ministry, we were available and we were obedient. When God called us to plant a church and we were available and obedient when none of it made sense on paper, we just answered and said, here here I am, Lord, send me. Because we see the need in our community. We see the need in our schools. We see the families that need Jesus. We see the family trees that are broken, that are desperate, desperate to know God, to find freedom. And maybe today for you, you're being available and being obedient and stepping up to the plate and saying, I'm going to be a part of this. Maybe you say, maybe you would feel inadequate. Maybe you would identify with the lyrics of the song, what do I have to offer? What can I do? You need someone who can just really come in here and knock in the park, someone who's got some skills, some abilities, but maybe today God is challenging you to say, here, here I am, send me, I'll do it. I'll be available, I'll be obedient. Maybe you need to discover your purpose and figure it is out that how God designed you and gift you and allow God to use you and be obedient to make a difference. That's why we have the dream team. That's why we have people who serve our kids and love on them. That's why we have people who make coffee, who greet you, who lead us in worship, who run the tech, people using their gifts and their skills and abilities to make a difference. And it might seem insignificant, but it's not. It might seem like it's not a big deal, but it's not. It's a really big deal when we allow God to use us, when we simply say, here am I, Lord, send me. I will be obedient. I'll be available even when others aren't. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.